Hello, my name is Greg Lewis. Welcome to the Young In Cotisol podcast, where we are teachers helping teachers. This is the final episode of a three-part series featuring Leonie Overbeek. Next month, we will be featuring another Korean language teacher who came to Korea, invested in the experience, and has now returned to Canada. That story will start in April, so stay tuned for more information. Today, we continue with Leonie Overbeek as she transitions to a new adventure, a new life, and a new country. Join me now as I pose the obvious question. So you have such a love, a depth of joy that you bring into your classrooms. Why did you leave? Ah, 65. No, not that 65. I'm coming up to that 65. 65. Um, the 65th birthday. Now, there were people that said to me, stay on, join a hog one, teach at a hog one, and, and so on. I said, look, it's tempting. It's nice. It would be a comfort zone. To stay here in Korea would be a comfort zone. Getting a monthly salary, mm. teaching, and so on. It would be great. would be great. Mm -hmm. But it's time to move on. It's time to move on. And specifically, I wanted to move now into a doctorate. I felt it was the time of life to now finally be able to write Dr. Wifferbeek. Uh, <laughs> in in bios and stuff. Plus, I was getting much more into environmentalism, the, you know, things like that. And I also wanted a place of my own. I did not have property in South Africa. I, of course, had no property in Korea. And having to buy property in Korea would be a hugely expensive undertaking and would use up all of my resources. And about four or five years before reaching that crucial birthday, a friend of mine, he and I had met when we were both teaching in Wasong, the Wasong area, and he had moved on from there to Japan. Uh, so he was teaching at a Japanese university, but he had bought himself a vineyard near the Bulgarian town of Targoviste. This friend of mine, who shall remain nameless for reasons of protecting his privacy, okay. but he will know who he is if he ever listens to this, okay. uh, is one of those people who can truly be cast as the scatterbrained professor. <laughs> Okay. He would leave passports lying on counters. He would drop keys down the sewer grating. He would forget where he parked his car. He, you know, he really lives life on the disaster curve. <laughs> and on Facebook, whenever he posted about his adventures in Bulgaria, 
they would end up with the whole village rallying around him and getting him out of his latest scrape. <laughs> Even to the point where, in one instance, the taxi driver that was taking him to the airport said to him, you wait here at the airport, I will go find your passport. I think you <laughs> left it in the bar and I know where the bar owner lives. I will go. And he did. He found the passport, <laughs> drove all the way back to the airport, gave it to my buddy. As the time drew closer and closer for me to now consider where am I going to next? Am I going to go back to South Africa and see what kind of life I can make there? Or am I going into a completely different direction? Mm -hmm. This buddy of mine contacted me and he said, I found your house. I said, really? He said, yes, yes. Are you up for a video call? I said, okay. So we did a, a video call and he walked me through this house in this little village called Zaichino Oreshe. And... It was available for the equivalent of 10 million won. 10 million oh, won. What kind of, con how big is this and how what kind of a condition? Because people are going to ask. Okay. <laughs> so, first of all, it's a three-bedroomed house with a bathroom, a kitchen, and a cellar. And all of it in absolutely standing, weatherproof, livable condition. In fact... Oh. Four of the rooms had been completely renovated with uh, double glazing windows and so on. Um, I still have to do the kitchen and one bedroom with double glazing, but the windows that are in there at the moment are still actually fine um, and weatherproof and, and everything like mm -hmm. that. Uh, it was hooked up to the main electricity supply, hooked up to water and sewerage. So, wow. uh, not sewerage. It's got a, um, septic, uh, cesspit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all modern conveniences, internet. So all, all mod cons, all mod cons. And it stands on just a little less than an acre of land. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 10 million won. With, with an established orchard and a meadow, a barn. Just a second. This is a, this is a, a little less than an acre, and it's got an established orchard and a barn and grapevines? Yep. Yep. What did you do with the people who owned it? What did you do with them? Why would they leave? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they were a British couple with uh, young children, and they wanted to sell. They wanted wow. to sell. Um, and move on. I mean, at the end of that video call, I said to my buddy, I will wire you the money, do the negotiations. And two days later, I was the proud owner of a Bulgarian property. Well, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and how long have you been there now? Uh, I moved here... January of oh, 2019. So, yeah, um, this I'm I'm now entering my years. third year. Yeah. And and how has it been? Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> how are the people? The people are fantastic. I mean, take the Korean helpfulness 
and square mm-hmm. it and you've got the <laughs> Bulgarian. I have found nothing but total acceptance and enthusiasm and help and acceptance and oh man it's it's just wonderful but the best thing of all the best thing of all is the quality of the air here i had always felt that air in south africa was fairly clean when i came to korea and had to breathe what was there um but here oh my goodness uh that barbara streisand song on a clear day you can see forever that springs to mind wow it's just beautiful and i mean the little village where this this little village of zaichino reshe has got a stream running through the center and it has one of the things that is a feature of every city and town and village in Bulgaria, the municipal spring, where you can go and fill up your water bottles and what have you with the best tasting water ever. Pure, clear, clean water. You don't even have to turn on a tap to get it. Just go and stick a a bottle under the, the municipal spring. Um, oh, well, that is. What's the uh, the the like the geology there? Is it like a limestone? It's limestone. It's it's yeah, mainly yeah. limestone aquifers. So one of the things, of course, about this property that I'm on is I've got a well on it. So uh, once I now get the the next stage of things going, at the moment I'm basically working on um, a Bulgarian company that was registered with my Bulgarian partner uh, Mm -hmm. called Aperswell. The things that we want to do with Aperswell is, first of all, uh, build what are called apodomic sauna cabins. And that that is something we will be rolling out as a commercial enterprise to let people come and have holidays where they can experience the benefits of an apodomic sauna. Now, apa, api, comes from the apis meliflura, which is the Latin name for the bee. Right. And Serbian peasants during the Russian occupation refused to let their individual hives now become part of a collective farm. Mm. So they went and hid their beehives away up in the mountains. And of course, when the season now is up for the honey and, and things like that, they would go up into the mountains and stay there for a week, checking on the bees, making sure the the colony is healthy and things like mm-hmm. that. And each night they would now be sleeping next to the beehives because one of the things that bees do is to regulate the temperature inside the hive by moving air through it. And the air that would exit would be warm 
because of all the bodies, the, the biological batteries as we have it right. in the matrix. Um, <laughs> plus the smell, the smell of the honey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. The smell of whatever flowers and herbs they had visited. Oh. That would be part of it. And at first, the beekeepers just slept next to the hives to stay warm, to get this benefit of the warm air. Mm-hmm. But gradually, they, they sort of would start saying to each other, hey, you know, I feel so much better after we, we were up there for, you know, a week. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you? And one guy would say, yeah, when we went up there, I had a little bit of a cold. It's gone. And, and so on. And gradually, they started thinking, wait a minute, there's something to this. So in Serbia, they then started building, once the uh, Russian occupation had gone, they started building wooden cabins where they could put the beehives under a bed with mesh and slats so mm-hmm. that the, the warm air would now come through and um, letting their relatives and so on sleep on, on wow. these beds to get the same benefit. And people have reported many benefits. Obviously, this is not a medical treatment, mm-hmm. but benefits that, that the Serbians have reported are relief of stress, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that um, the the vibration, that buzz of the bees uh, sort of seems to resonate with an internal, I don't know, resonance that we respond to, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely releases stress, improves the condition of the lungs, uh, anyone that has had a few problems with pneumonia, bronchitis, things like that, are finding benefits from it. Mm-hmm. Just in general, immune systems have been reported as being strengthened by this treatment. So basically, at the moment, I've got uh, 15 investment slots open to raise the money that is needed to now do all of this. So we've already got investors on board, but I'm actively pursuing more investors in this idea. One of the things that I'm offering people who do invest in it is that you will get a two-week holiday every year for the rest of your life at the Apiswell facility, which of course, is not just the epidemic saunas. It's a permaculture establishment as well. Because that's the thing that I want to do with the actual um, grounds. That, uh, you know, there's enough to do this idea of the permaculture food forest where you establish your plants. And once they've become an an ecological system, they take care of themselves. They uh, improve the soil quality. They improve the air quality. They provide you with food and nuts and berries and stuff like that on a yearly basis. And I mean, that's been the... Sorry? I was just going to... I'm just thinking that, uh, okay, 
Uh, I'm talking to Leonie Overbeek here about, uh, I'm supposed to be talking about maybe Kotisol or teaching English in Korea, <laughs> but really there's so many other fascinating things. And I think, okay, so I'm going to have to talk to her again. I'm going to have to do one part on, on her businesses, her permaculture and apiculture. And we haven't even talked about your art workshops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am a work in progress. I am a work in progress. <laughs> well, you know, I, I interview a lot of different people, and some people I can kind of get what I need in about 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. And other people like yourself, uh, you know, it, I don't know I don't know if there is an end. <laughs> <laughs> I am always up for talking to you again, and this time staying more on a set topic. No, I, I kind of like the pleasant walk through the, uh, the forest of your ideas and your life. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Can I can I make one final request? Yes. A singing request. Okay. Uh, because normally at the end of a of a podcast, I so there's talking and I start to play some music underneath mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. to an exit outro as it is. I wonder if you could s give me you know like a minute long musical outro. Okay. Let's see. Um, when we talked about this, I said one of the songs I love using with students is Simon and Garfunkel's Sounds mm. of Silence. And seeing that we are going to move into silence after this, maybe it's the best one to use. So here goes. Thank you. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sounds of silence you have been listening to the Youngin Kotisal podcast spring series called Now and Then. All this month, we have been featuring Leonie Overbeek in three parts. My name is Greg Lewis. Bye for now. And my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon sign that split the night. And touch the sounds of silence.